listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 41 of Sentimental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Welcome to another episode of the Movie Podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hovicki, and as always, I'm here with my co-hosts, Hassan Godwin and Latham Conger III. Our guest today is New York-based graphic designer and illustrator, known for his work as one of the founding members of the groundbreaking comic anthology, Secret Identities, and his own graphic t-shirt line under his own Epic Props brand. Currently working on the creator-owned graphic novel, The Monkey King, he has created work for numerous companies, publications, and foundations. Highlights include the NBPA, the Jeremy Lin Foundation, the World Journal, the New York Asian Film Festival, Aeropostale, and the Smithsonian Museum. In his spare time, he invests in the New York-based Taiwanese beef noodle shop, Ho Foods, and is trying to make his own, is that Baiju, like Kaiju? Baiju. Baiju. Jerry Ma. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Jerry Ma, welcome to Sentimental. What's up, guys? <laughs> well, I mean, it's good that you're uh, <clears throat> you're taking advantage of this downtime to really relax and do nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I was gonna make a joke about I mean, the same thing. Like, no, so, so he hasn't been. So he hasn't been busy. <laughs> yeah. No, not he's, at all. He's been. He's been. He's been riding this uh, pandemic out on his <laughs> sofa. Well, I know Jerry. Jerry's on a little bit of a clock, so we're going to jump right into uh, yep, yep. the short amount of, uh, of of little tidbits that I have. So, uh, Hassan, what do you got? <sighs> What's going on in the world? Nothing's happening these days. No, right? nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing at all is Hassan, happening. Hassan, how did you spend last night? How did you spend last night? Huh? I just want to know. Without without going into detail, did you drink? No, because I haven't been drinking since um since June. Okay. That's a damn shame. <laughs> I, yeah, it is actually. It's yeah, I'm, I'm not even gonna get into that. It's not um, a lot of good times, my friend. <laughs> I'll make up for it as soon as uh, soon as we can go outside again. I watched a, a, a little bit of the festivities, and then I, I turned it off. And then I went. I watched. Uh, I think I watched Solo, a Star Wars story, and fell asleep, and then slept the rest of the evening. <laughs> so Very that good. was that's how I spent my night. You did well. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I I turned off Twitter about eleven thirty. Wow, that's pretty late. <laughs> yeah, but I had I didn't get upstairs until probably almost eleven thirty. So I I literally got upstairs. I checked Twitter to see if I had any messages, and then I had just TweetDeck running on my other screen, and I kept glancing over at stuff, and I just got tired of looking, so I just shut <laughs> the whole thing down and just threw a movie on. Smart. That's when I watched Arctic Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Garbage. So, uh, so what, but I did for, for, I did discover, um, and I think I knew this or I heard uh, rumors about it before, but I've, I've, I've been made aware that, uh, that it is actually going forward and it's, it's actually beefing up 
the you know the sequel to uh it, it's not going to be a reboot it's going to uh, genuinely be a sequel as they put it of the last starfighter yeah is is you know it's is back into production a- after taking a little bit of a hiatus because you know nobody wanted to die right and um it's uh the idea hopefully lance guest will be back but uh, but the idea that it's not going to be a reboot and, and it's gonna the the original writer from the first movie is going to be writing uh or has written this uh the sequel it's going to be uh uh an offshoot of it. It's going to be a slash reboot. So basically what's probably going to happen is going to be the same scenario where they find a kid. The, the writer said that he wants to incorporate the significance of the evolution of video games, as well as the evolution of like special effects or whatever for the movie itself, the evolution of the story. But then, you know, uh, take the opportunity to showcase the evolution of, of game design in the process of the recruitment of said new character into the, is the into last the star Wars supposed to be like a big deal. I've never seen it. it yeah. I've well, never seen it. So you're, you're 45. How do you not know about I the know last star? I've never seen it. I, I just, is it supposed to be, how did you not, how did you get away with not seeing the last Starfighter when and, you were, you know, I was watching Kung Fu movies. Man. <laughs> I, I, con- I condemn you. Someone, someone got a karate chop in that movie somewhere. Um, I'm sure it wasn't. It, it wasn't. <laughs> well, I'm a, it wasn't I'm very artful. It's one of those that I just never got around to. I mean, I'll yeah, watch so it now. That's I guess. Supposed, is that supposed to be a movie like where it's supposed to be like, oh, Slash Starfire Part Two? It, it, well, it was like uh, it was the first film that ever had. Uh, it was the first. It was the first film that ever had uh, computer generated uh, spaceships and like uh, the space effects and stuff. Yes. Yes, it it there there is a there's no significance to it other than that it's a fun movie it's a fun little movie it it came out I think the summer of eighty four eighty five or eighty four so it was after yeah it was after um, Return of the Jedi it was after the end of the the sort of uh, fantasy the space fantasy swashbuckling movies because back then when Return of the Jedi ended in nineteen eighty three people were like well that era is done. You know, this, this, the space adventure, you know, era is done. We're not getting any more. Star Wars is over. It's kind of like the way they do now with Game of Thrones or um, or even Lord of the Rings. It's like that, you know, that era has ended. And now we're going to move on to whatever the next big thing is. And so The Last Starfighter came out at the time where everybody kind of had been moving away from science fiction um, for a little while. And then there's just little... This, this little movie came out of nowhere and it was uh, look even when i was that age i was like mm, there's not much to this movie where does that hit but, in relation to like explorers and explorers because this was a this was a larger production movie this yeah. was actually a genuine like cinema production movie and it wasn't um one of these like and i don't i don't denigrate them it wasn't one of these like small boutique movies where you know it had charming special effects and and a in and a and like a heartful story, the writer of of the Last Starfighter wanted to do away with the um, the privileged uh, uh, chosen one notion or the monomyth, which is why Alex, well, in his way, which is why Alex Rogan, who Lance Guest plays, was uh, you know wasn't on a farm somewhere or wasn't being trained by a. By some some samurai guru, he was actually just a just a kid who knew how to fix computer stuff. Who lived in a trailer park, like it was the actual it was the exact repudiation of like a, a Spielberg film where the kid would be in the suburbs and 
you know, maybe have a, a, a slight parental issue, you know, where, you know, either yeah. one of the parents of, you know, has, has div- the divorced or something like that. And then, you know, he just goes on to rescue an alien and then, you know, be chased by the CIA or whatever in the Spielberg film, this film, this kid had nothing. He was going nowhere. His college prospects were, were rejected. Um, his ability to get out of the trailer park was looking like it was, uh, was, was, uh, his options were drying up more and more. It makes sense that he's the last starfighter. Yes. Well, well, the 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 conceit to the, the film is the, there's a video game that he plays that he's really good at, and basically what it turns out to be is the video the video game is the recruitment tool used by this alien race to fly their ships. And then when everyone on Earth dies, he literally is the last chance to have a starfighter. That's why he's the last starfighter. Uh, none of you saw this film, right? None of you saw this. Okay, so obviously. No, nobody watches. All right. So anyway, my point is they're making another one. You guys got time to see this Excellent. one. Excellent. And then, and then you can see the other one because, uh, because I'm, I'm done trying to explain the movie to you. Let me just put it to you this way. There, it's an arcade game in the middle of this podunk town. And that's the only piece of entertainment that it's these kids have. Video game. One video game. One, one of those like arcade yeah. stand video yeah. games. And he beats the game one night Sounds because like a he's pissed. Place to grow up. And Dan it does not pull punches on how crappy his little town is. It really doesn't. Hey, the the hardware store that I uh, that I grew up around and and worked in eventually when I was a kid, they had one video game in it. It was the Space Invaders machine. I played the fuck out of that thing. <laughs> was there a line to to get on the machine? No, no, it was just me. You know what the amazing thing <laughs> when he when when Alex beats the machine he is literally by the time he beats the, the machine and goes to the level 100 or whatever he is surrounded right by the town's members you know right. so that's how that is how slow All this up. place is from that village yeah yeah the, the amazing thing and then, you know the, son, the amazing thing is they never made an actual video game of, right for the yeah, last starfighter they never yeah. did they didn't even make a knockoff or a home version nope. or any, I mean, home version would have been subpar with what they had at the time, but they never made a video game, which is astounding to me. That must've been a right really? thing. That, well, the tie, no, uh, the tie-in business just didn't exist like it does now. Well, they made no, it didn't. He said, he said it was a, kinds of stuff. I know, but they didn't, they didn't think he said it was, was a, he said it was a missed opportunity to do that. But the Huge. problem is it's it, every, well, everything that they had went into the, making the movie. They didn't have any, you know, uh, ad, advanced mass market, uh, you know, research material it, like, to do. It. You know, well, it was the the film wasn't a massive. It's another cult yeah. classic. It's, it wasn't a massive runaway hit, which is another reason why we pro- we didn't get another one until almost forty years later. Um, and it's also Robert Preston's last movie. So that's, oh, uh, that's kind of another big deal. Hassan, what did you watch this week? <sighs> you need to think about it. Yes, because I watched a lot of crap this week. Um, I I watched uh, I watched The Mandalorian again. All, um, all eight episodes? Wow. Yeah, um, which was l- like four hours. Right. Right? And then last time we um, we talked, I, I told you I had just gotten like, you know, the commemorative edition of Gettysburg or whatever. Oh, right, so right. I watched that again. Okay. Um, that another four hours. And yes, <laughs> that's why well, I, I did, I did everything in four hour chunks, you know, nice. and then I, then I passed out. 
And then I, I watched, so watched uh, Abel, the movie. Cable Gantz's Napoleon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Waterloo. I, I I managed to throw that in. Um I I watched the the these these two uh these two movies that we were gonna talk about this evening. Right. And and then like I said, I watched solo Star Wars story just right. so I could pass out. Uh Lay, what do you got? <laughs> I don't have much. I have um I'm pretty jazzed about this uh Lego Star Wars special that's gonna be on Disney at the end of the month. I, I think that's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, which I didn't know about till last week. So that was kind of cool to find out about that. Um, it, someone recommended a horror movie to me. Um, was it me? No, it wasn't you. They say it's a feminist horror movie. It's called Into the Forest. Have you seen it? Is that the one with uh, Natalie Dormer? No, that's The Forest. Uh, it's called Into the Into- Forest. It's on Netflix, supposedly, and they're getting rid of it in like a week. And they're saying you need to check this movie out. It's very unique. And okay. Uh, so I'm going to hopefully watch that uh, sometime for our next podcast. I know everyone's talking about The Mandalorian. It was fantastic. Uh, I, I, it's easily my favorite episode of the entire I series. It, so I would appreciate if we, we don't talk about The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I won't mention anything except that it was, it was awesome. And I thought, I thought it last season was a little bit underwhelming. So it was glad, I was glad to see them just bring it on the first episode and that was fantastic uh except for the part where chewbacca exploded that was unrealistic in that moment. <laughs> oh boo that doesn't, that doesn't happen in space uh, especially on a tie fighter but um and then and then baby yoda gets inside the wookiee skin and pretends to be chewbacca yeah. and uh it was an obvious tauntaun <laughs> uh, comparison and you know when luke got in the tauntaun and that's right. Uh, I that's wasn't right. buying that, but that, that's okay. You know, um, any animal can give warmth, <laughs> I guess. Um, and uh, besides, they're a lizard. That's true. Um, <laughs> and uh, besides that, I didn't really watch much else except these movies. And um, let me ask you this question. Did you watch these movies with Amaya? Uh, yes. Okay, good. Yes. And I have, I have, I have excellent. Uh, great point of view from my, uh, for my uh, adopted daughter. So outstanding, outstanding. All right. So uh, from there, we will go into Jerry's. He calls it a guilty pleasure, but I have a feeling that it's actually actually considered much more, uh, much, much higher than this. The crippled Avengers. You mustn't kill them. Dead. You must try to cripple him. Right. You're some rat. That sound of It isn't easy for an ordinary man to learn Kung Fu. But you three, I am going to teach you. Somehow I'm going to make you expert. AKA the return of the deadly venoms. But 
in fact, not a direct sequel to The Five Deadly Venoms, but we'll get, in, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that as well. From 1978, directed by Che Chang, with at a running time of 104 minutes, a local bigwig, after enduring the loss of his wife and son's arms to some mercenaries, raises his son with artificial metal hands. Unfortunately, his grief turns him into a monster, cruel and barbaric. He raises his son the same, training him to maim rather than kill. After a group of four of their victims find each other and join together with a kung fu master to train to exploit their weaknesses to return to take on the father-son and avenge their many victims. Jerry, Crippled Avengers. Tell me about it. So, okay. You know, like, Five Deadly Mounds gets a lot of shine. I, I, it's not... It's, it's probably the most popular Shaw Brothers film, I, I would think, right? It, it must be. It's uh, got to be the all, most well, most well known. Yeah, I mean, at least like in the top three or something. Yeah, um, I love the Shaw Brothers collection. I mean, the, the whole catalog to yeah. me is an amazing collection of films. Uh, like we were saying earlier, they're I think they're a victim of just how much content that they were cranking out at the time. I, I don't think they were poorly written. I don't think they were poorly acted, given the circumstances. You know. Uh, because they like it's, they were making these films in like a month. I mean, like shooting it and editing it and everything. That's very ambitious, you know. Sure. Uh, Crippled Avengers to me. I mean, again, watching that as a kid, like it was just so cool when like guys got iron feet. You know, one guy's <laughs> blind, but like he uses his other senses. You know, one guy can't hear, but so he's got mirrors on his wrist and everything. You know, he's got this. He had the, the huge clock mirror on his freaking chest. You know, like yep. come on, man. <laughs> You know, like, that was so cool. One uh, guy... And I love the thing where they would always communicate, like, they'd grab each other's hand, and then they'd, like, yeah, tap, they'd you know, tap it, or, you know, like, he'd write in Chinese on his hand. Yeah, and just, like, first of all, I, you know, I, I rewatched the movie this week, and, like, I was trying to spell out words in my hand. There's no fucking way. If you were like, Steve, we have to go over here. There is no way. You There's 45 guys, and they're all armed. <laughs> Steve, watch your back. You're like, no fucking way. You know what I'm writing on your hand. <laughs> God, that tickles. <laughs> but like, I'm watching this as a kid. And like I said, these are Chinese superhero movies. To me, you know? Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people watch them and they think they're corny ass, poorly acted uh, kung fu stories that with secondary writing and all that. To me, it's something completely different. It taps it. First of all, they are the first live action superhero movies. I don't care what anyone says. You know, they're... They, before X-Men, before Batman and all that stuff, there was the five deadly venoms because those guys are superheroes. They're freaking climbing on walls and they're like, you know, their, their skin is, it, metal isn't piercing their skin, things like that. These guys were everything that Asian American kids just couldn't get from any other outlet of entertainment. You know, they're, they're, it, it really tapped into me. It, it gave me a whole other world of creativity that I feel like a lot of American kids didn't really get to enjoy the way Asian kids got to, you know, because we still got Spider-Man because whatever, everyone likes Spider-Man, but we had the kid with the golden arms. We had the crippled Avengers also. Right. So when everyone was just getting, you know, bored, you know, everyone was getting all excited about the kid getting picked on at school, turning into super, you know, super strong nerd. We had these guys that were losing their limbs and coming back and getting revenge <laughs> for it. You know, like, fuck that. I'm going to whoop your ass because he did that to me. You know? <laughs> Like, you, you fucking, you blinded me. I'm going to come back and whoop your ass. I'm going to kill your son. I'm going to kill your whole family. I'm going to kill everything about you. you know? <laughs> There's very little uh, discussion on the matter. 
Like they didn't even really huddle and and like, yeah. okay, no, this like, is what we're gonna do. Like it, it's very sped up, you know, because like these films are short too, right? But they uh, so this these three regular guys end up getting crippled, and then this one hero comes to defend their honor, but then he just gets outclassed because there's too many villains, you know. So they turn him into a, a dipshit, you know. And then, uh, but they realize, and it's so like kind of corny, but inside this dipshit's like sleeve, he just happens to have a letter from his kung fu master, like returned to sender, basically, you know. Yeah, right, right. So they all go on this journey. <laughs> Return to sender. Like, these four, you know, cripples go on this journey to to see his master. They return his his uh, you know, his his like disciple to him, and he realizes that he's just got to take them all under his wing. And it, like it's a three-year process to to get these guys up to speed and ready to go whoop some ass, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's just so, it's fun, you know. It's it's really fun, and as long as you can just kind of you know look. No, it's not Inception, and no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's it's not like this world-changing movie. But not every movie has to be like that. Some movies can actually be fun. Some movies I can just watch. I can just enjoy it myself and I can kind of remember what it's like to be a kid again. And I can get to see what was the first superhero movie, in my opinion. You know, and these guys, the reason why I chose Crippled Avengers is Five Deadly Venoms, everyone's seen it. And truth is, I don't even think it's that great of a film. You know, there, there are way better films under the, the Shaw Brothers catalog out there. And to me, I actually think Crippled Avengers is a better film than the original Five Deadly Venoms. It's interesting. Five Deadly Venoms has has more, has a yeah, little more. Story. Well, it has well. It's a little. It's a little more. The story's a little more twisty and and tied up. There's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like intrigue going on. There's a lot of you know who's the fifth guy for two yeah. thirds of the movie. You know you know who four of them are, but you don't know who the fifth guy is. Yeah, Crippled Avengers. Just to just to preface my my introduction to kung fu movies. My my knowledge of kung fu movies as a kid, when the 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 off times we I would run across them on TV, was limited to the you know now you shall die you know and the the void the the face keeps running, and I didn't I never really I was never really uh there wasn't something I sought out so I mean I don't I don't I didn't have as a as a kid I didn't have that connection to them, uh just being around to watch them all either, I've now seen quite a few of them. Just like I said, mentioned earlier, uh, El Rey Network. I don't know if they still do, but they used to run them on the weekend mornings. Yeah, uh, several hours. They'd run two or three usually. And I was watching uh, Crippled Avengers, and I realized that I had actually caught part of it within the last year or two, uh, just by chance, because I there was a whole sequence during the training sequence while they're at the Kung Fu Master's place. That whole sequence with the guy with the rings. I had seen that whole part before and I'm like, as soon as it came up, I'm like, Oh, wait a second. I've seen this. And then it got to a point where I lost track again. So I'm like, I must've just come across it and watched it for like half an hour or 45 minutes and then stopped and moved on to something else or gotten taken away. Uh, and just so people know if they're curious, uh, almost a good portion, if not the entire, uh, Shaw brothers, uh, catalog, which celestial pictures now owns, uh, is available uh, uh, free on Prime. Uh, the whole catalog is there, so like you can you can drift into deep into the Prime catalog, and there's all the Shaw Brothers stuff is there. Uh, free, huh? Free. 
Yes. Yeah. Free. If you have a prime video thing, you, you can, they're all yeah. there for to watch for free. I had a lot of fun because obviously going into this, I wasn't aware that they weren't uh, connected in anything but name. Uh, so I, I went ahead and watched the first one, uh, Five Deadly Venoms, because I hadn't seen it. And then, of course, go right into uh, Crippled Avengers, uh, a.k.a. Return of the Deadly Venoms, when in re- reality it was just Return of the Four of the Five Actors. But even still, it made, I mean, like you said, it made a difference. I agree with you. I think, I think Crippled Avengers is actually a better film than Five Deadly Venoms, like for exactly the reason you said. It's more of just a start to finish, just straightforward adventure, you know, action adventure film. And of the Shaw Brothers stuff that I've seen and know well enough that I can actually picture in my brain. Um, this definitely stands out. Uh, I have in my, in my queue, I have the kid with the golden arm set to go, which I'm going to watch, uh, by the end of this week. Uh, cause I'm, cause it's, again, it's, it's kind of like the same group of actors again together. They're basically in a whole, but I mean, I can tell you the ones to like, you should watch Invincible Shaolin. That's a really okay. good, um, also under the, the Shaw catalog, I'm sure you, you guys have heard of Gordon Liu. Yes. So, I mean, this is part of like what. Wu-Tang Clan has rapped all about, you know, right. 36 so. Chambers, Master Killer, completely worth your time watching. Um, I forget the name, uh, the American name of these movies, but there's one where uh, he, Gordon Liu has to fight these like five Japanese masters in their weapons. And uh, it, it's just, they're, they're such good movies. Gordon Liu is, he's like next level type of stuff. He was, Gordon, Gordon Liu was the, was the old man in Kill Bill, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, uh, so yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, I'm really glad you picked one of these because I don't, I don't know, I, I can't think of another person, off the top of my head, who I would have on this show, who would probably pick a Shaw Brothers film, as a, as a guilty pleasure or as a main film. So I'm not sure if we'll ever get another opportunity to uh, address these unless we have you on again. But uh, I, I definitely, I really really appreciated you picking one of these because uh, i this it was just really fun to be able to watch one of these and address it in the way we talk about movies it was it was it was a lot of fun it was like you said i mean i understand you know the, the problem with the problem with watching these i think for most people in america is a most people are going to want are going to want to watch them dubbed and there's always going to be that disconnect in a dubbed version versus a a subtitled version that like you said it makes the it doesn't belie the writing properly because obviously sub or besides the dubbing is never going to be exactly what the line cuz like if you look at a subtitled version and you listen to a dubbed version they the lines aren't going to be the same you know it's like it's like the old joke of like there's a there's a a very funny clip that used to be on YouTube where someone had taken a piece of the I think it was the Swedish subtitled version of Monty Python and the Holy Grail and they had taken the Swedish subtitled version and then translated the Swedish back to English and put it on as subtitles underneath while you watch the film and it made it was hysterical because it was like it was like reading abstract art going along with watching Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So I understand that there's a disconnect with not only with a dubbed version versus a subtitled version. 
but I think like I, as I was trying to say, I think that, I think that that's always going to throw a red flag up for people as far as the quality level of those films, because they do have to watch them. And there's always that sort of choppy feel of delivery by the vote, by the voice actors, because they did just come in. And like you said, they did make them in a month and the voice guys would just come in and read these parts. And I don't think they were doing it like the way they do now when they do overdubbings where they actually get people to try and actually act, you know, it's just, they come in and say their lines and move on, you know, and, and go on to the next thing. And everything's delivered very matter of factly, very quickly, very sharply. And it just, the, you lose a lot of the nuance to speaking and how the characters actually, actually talk. And I think that that's a, I think that's a big a disservice to, to a lot of these films. Also a big thing too is uh, back then, you know, all right, I guess this is something that you guys might be a little familiar. It might be out of your wheelhouse because we all might be too old for this, but the whole K-pop sensation thing right now, right? Um, those guys are like born and bred to be these singer and dancers, you know? Yeah. So like you're either going to be amazing at it or you're out, you know? <laughs> um, and in Hong Kong, when they were making these films back then, they literally were breeding these actors to be fighters, singers, dancers. Like they had to do everything. They had to do a little bit of everything. So they were never going to be like particularly awesome at one thing, but they were going to be able to make an album that year, shoot six movies, you know, pose in a fashion magazine. <laughs> like, you know, like they had to do everything. You know what I mean? And so those guys were just bred to be like stars. Right. In right. every capacity of that word, you know? Yeah. Uh, so they were, I mean, that, that also lends itself to the filming, right? Like, so that's why the, the, the films were shot so quickly. Um, the acting, like I said, under the circumstances, I think is okay. They were taking models and turning them into singers and fighters. And that's what you're going to get. You know? <laughs> right. Well, and, the, and, and, and if you're going to speak to the acting, I think that, you know, I think that the, the acting in these films just fits in with, you know, the, the stories that they're telling. I don't think that the acting, I, I never, I never look at these films and think that they're, that they're bad actors. You know, I, I don't, I don't look at them that way. I just, that's not, that's not one of the things that I'm, that I'm on the, on the watch for when I'm watching one of these movies, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm there just for the sheer entertainment value. And, you know, and if there's a, if there's a story involved, and that's like that's like a bonus that's like all you know that's you know i go in from the i from the from the side like you know if there's a cool story involved or it's not like like you what normal i think people think about kung fu movies which is like i said earlier is just a bunch of fight scenes linked together loosely by a thread of a story or you know someone gets a reason to go fight somebody and that's good enough one of the things that uh, that i th was amazed by uh in both in deadly venoms and in crippled avengers uh, was the length of some of the fight sequences, uh, oh, yeah. how long they would go on for. And not only that, but the, it was really interesting to watch how much editing or how little editing they would do. So they would rehearse a whole chunk of a fight sequence and they would do the whole thing out before cutting to another angle or before cutting to another thing. And clearly so that they would choreograph, all right, we're going to choreograph a minute and a half or 90 seconds worth of fighting. And then we're going to, and then we're going to move and do the next 40 seconds worth of fighting, you know? And I just thought it was really interesting to look at it, kind of look at that that way too. And Hassan goes to leave right as I'm going to go to it. Still here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know you are. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I really enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun.
uh, Hassan. Added intruder uh, alert. So intruder oh. <laughs> alert. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It's all right. I killed him. Um. Oh, so good. anyway. <laughs> okay. Cripple Avengers. Now, um, everything you said, I completely agree with. It's it's it is like your standard revenge story, like circumstance. You know, uh, mm-hmm. protagonist circumstance. Uh, recovery. I guess there's another word for it, but there's a in the recovery and then revenge, basically. Oh, and then you stand it. Yeah, <laughs> and then, you know, and then ass kick, um, which is I think uh, Act Five. There's some. There's some stuff you just kind of gotta. All right. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Just, yeah. All right. Um, like, like you say about the about the letter, the return to sender letter, and then it just gets them back to the to the to the teacher, and then the teacher just gives one of them iron legs. I'm like, oh, I, I know what. I I got the solution for this. Here, here you go. Here's a set of iron legs. Also, what else would you do with a guy with no legs? Yeah, I mean, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was it's ridiculous to to think otherwise. Like, you, there's no other way to deal with it. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna push him around in that wheelbarrow for the entire movie. That's right. That's just, that's just cruel. Also, <laughs> the the hero who who gets turned into, as Jerry delicately put it, a dipshit um, <laughs> in the film. He's the only one who gets killed. And then yeah. they just kind of step over his body when they're leaving, and the triumphant music is playing. <laughs> they don't even—they oh, make... don't—they don't stand on ceremony in these movies. No. They—it's they, like they get to the end, and it's the end. That's it's, it. Oh yeah, the Christ—they they killed, they killed, they killed, they killed. Um, what was it Tin, Tin Tao Two or something like that? Uh, tin Two Tao. I, for, I forgot tin how. Tao. Yeah, <laughs> they killed him, and he was your foot. <laughs> yes, your foot because he gets nailed yes. with an iron foot. Your feet, <laughs> and that's just that's so the audience can go. Oh, okay, that's why he died. So he just because he's been getting slapped in the head for about fifteen minutes, and then suddenly someone kicks him, and he he keels over. You got to realize, oh, you know, he got hit with the iron foot, which would do it to any of us. It would it would do any of us in. You know, and then look. Asian people with Australian accents is immediately funny. <laughs> There's a the company that, if I remember correctly, the company that dubbed almost all the Shaw movies was an Australian company, which is why they do accents. So, like, and they and they're all Australians, kind of trying to do American accents. So, you have these disembodied Australian voices coming out of these Chinese actors that are trying to sound American so that they can sell it to the American uh, market. The first few scenes are always hard to, the hardest yeah. to deal with. You watch the dubbed uh, version. I, I watched mm-hmm. the subtitled version. Well, yeah, I couldn't, I didn't, I, there, the, there was only the dubbed version on uh, Amazon that yeah. I saw that yeah. I could find. So I had no choice. It was fine. You get used to it immediately, but it's, <laughs> it just starts to get like, wow, that's just, I don't know what this guy is talking about in the beginning. It it kind of has a this is it, it kind of a reverse it does this this analogy doesn't work actually but I'm gonna say it anyway but I just realized it doesn't work it's kind of a reversed um, Three Musketeers kind of circumstance hmm. whereas in the beginning of the Three Musketeers D'Artagnan runs into all three of the Musketeers right and has you know has a has a kind of a negative reaction to all of them 
this <laughs> this uh, Tintal two pretty much makes a point in the beginning of avenging his son who's been crippled because he's been crippled. He's killed all the fathers. So because he's done that, his son who has been trained, uh, you know, thoroughly with these new prosthetic iron claws on is only allowed to cripple the sons of these warlords or whatever, who, who uh, originally hurt his son, if I understood it correctly. Yeah. So you see that, and the weird way that 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 is established, you sort of get the impression that's that's the dad's decision. The dad is the one that tells him, "Don't kill them; just just maim them." That's what I'm saying. You sort of get the impression from that scene that the dad and his son are going to be the protagonists of the story because he starts out getting revenge. Yeah, you know. So you're like, all right, you know, and then his dad almost makes a magnanimous gesture by saying just cripple them don't kill them because we've already killed their fathers so you could see that almost being heroic in a, you know in a, in a cruel world you know it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a fairness stoicism whatever so you're like all right i'll follow that and then next thing you know they're beating a snot out of these kids in a restaurant because they're mouthing off it's right. like Wait a minute! This whole thing just took a turn. I guess these are not the guys. We're... Not only right, that, I'm taking your eyes then. Yeah, exactly. And I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you blind, and I'm and uh, I'm gonna make you deaf and dumb. I'm gonna pour this. I'm gonna pour this poison down your throat. I'm gonna invite you to my house. You're gonna yeah. come like a moron. Okay, I'm gonna go and, and have a con- after you mock the guy openly, and and all of his boys hear you mocking him on the street after you mocked him to his face, and then you're gonna follow him. And then, you know, get your comeuppance at that point. And then he he makes you he makes you into a mute and then he makes you deaf because somehow with your last few words you condemned yourself either even further. And so you <laughs> you know, which is just ironic. The one thing in the restaurant which was I thought was funny, I couldn't stop laughing over, is they, you know, they they kind of make this big deal. They walk into this restaurant as a procession. They go up the stairs to the, you know, to the what you imagine is the equivalent of the VIP, you know, uh, right. section <laughs> where they're, you know, and they're all they're all sitting out. They're all getting, you know, chilling. Seems like they're about to get themselves a meal. And the, you know, these, these guys are mouthing off at them from, you know, from, uh, from on the lower levels and the, you know, in the cheap seats. And they're, you know, they're, you know, they they don't like the opulence with which this guy has, you know, has displayed while he's coming in there. So they just, you know, I'm just going to make fun of this guy randomly for no reason and make fun of him. This warlord who's managed to teach this this amazing, you know. Um, discipline to his son who had lost his arms but now has become this amazing killing weapon is also so thin-skinned that this this this, <laughs> this guy carrying a cabinet around on his as a backpack who makes a comment about him and his his only comment was i like that other guy who mouthed off to you <laughs> and so that guy gets his ass kicked and then everybody and this was the thing that made me laugh then Tin Tao 2 actually leaves the restaurant. And all I could think of was the guys in his entourage going, wait, we're, we're not, we're not going to eat? I thought we were going to eat. <laughs> I, thought, 
we're just we're, we're leaving now. That's you know you're you're going to hatch your revenge scheme, and we're not going to get a chance to have a meal. There's an incredible charm to the movie where like things just kind of it it just it's lean as hell. It's not going to waste your time with any long-standing exposition. You don't get a lot of insight into the backstory of all these you know, of these of these crippled guys, these main characters, other than other than how they how they effed up and, be, and came to be crippled in the first place. I didn't know you could make someone stupid by wrapping a metal band around their head and, 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 and squeezing it. their skull. But all right. Fair enough. I didn't know if you can. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time. That's fair. I don't want to find out. If it's true, I, do, I don't want to know anything about it. Well, <laughs> Chinese drinking. Oh. You, know, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, once this whole quarantine's over we're gonna we're gonna have some nah. new party games to try <laughs> nah no sir I'm like, hey slip into this headband mm, no i'm gonna go Why with the, got a rope tied to it no i'm reason. gonna go i want to stick with these deviled eggs thank you very much i'm not yeah i'm not into the party tricks um yeah I, I, and i had seen at the battle at the end especially this the the dim-witted one um with the with the rings like rolling around with the ring i had seen this movie before when i was a kid same thing you said steve like i remember these action sequences because how can you forget you know right there was a guy walking around with uh you know with iron le- like legs you know drop kicking people and killing them <laughs> like, like with you know or the and then which the other great thing is the bad guys didn't really even plan they just seemed to know the weaknesses of these guys who were attacking them you know i mean there there was a there was a little bit of exposition as they were kind of sorting them out as they were fighting but then you know he managed to surround the blind the 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 blind guy and with the and and the the shields yeah the shield the symbol shields and the and the sword and Well, I'm well, like, they, all right. well, they knew that they knew the weaknesses because they're the ones. I mean, that's the guy. Who yeah, they want to who made them. Who made but them? But I'm just. I'm, not, I'm talking about just having a coordinated. Like they didn't. Yeah. They just. They just had a coordinated attack as soon as those guys decided to show up. Or like the first courtyard fight where they have the the wall of mirrors for the guy who can't hear, yep. and then <laughs> all the drums for the guy who can't see. So it's yeah, like, it just happened right, to be. We've got these two guys nailed down. Yeah, and it just happened to be lying around. These things just happened to be oh, just in case someone comes after me yeah, with, who's, guys, who's completely deaf. You know, got a big room full of drums somewhere. I mean, you know. <laughs> other than the other than the the, the knock for a loop from the beginning, um, where I actually thought this guy was going to come out of it the the hero, and he turned into not only did he turn into bast- bad guy, but he was a bastard. Like he yeah, was, he was like a really yeah, he was a real shit heel. <laughs> I hope you never call me a shit heel. No, sir. That's reserved for the bad guys. Don't worry. Um, I'm watching the rest of these. So that, that's a testimony. <laughs> to tell you the testimony. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. I just like that it's so, like, I don't mean this in a bad way. I like that it's so lean. Like, it's like, yeah. Like, oh, I got hurt. I'm going to go kill a guy hurt. <laughs> like, and there's no moral. Isn't that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's no teacher that tells them, well, maybe you shouldn't go murder, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you need more training. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, you're going to go fuck him up. <laughs> and I'm going to give you what you need to fuck him up. Like, he, the teacher knew exactly, oh, you guys are going to need to learn up so you could go fuck that guy up, the guy yeah. who fucked you guys up. 
You gotta love. And up. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you strong in ways you never thought you were gonna be strong. So you, like it didn't even it he, there was no hesitation. Oh, you're blind. Here you go. I got this. I got I let me rummage through my closet. I got just the thing. Oh, you got no oh, legs. God, no mercy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I would say the only thing that I think that they made a mistake with in that movie is they did that because they made the guy with the iron feet sort of so they powerful. Came in dead last. He came well, in like. Well, the thing is, is because he was so powerful and basically, I mean, the two strongest guys they had to kill, he killed. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the thing was, is that was it. You know, I, I think they made that character so powerful that if they had had him with them the whole time. Yeah, he would have just he would just like plowed through everybody. Yeah, he would have just dropped a leg on everybody, and that was it. You know, I mean, there would have been, like, pieces of guys laying around because he'd kick a few of these guys in half, probably. But they killed the dimwit, and they just step over him when they I leave. Know, I know. That's just so – I was like, what the hell? And then – I'm uh, – He's dumb anyway. And then yeah. they and they, they do it they do an outward shot while there's an exterior shot with them coming towards the camera and you figure, okay, they're gonna at least say something about my yeah. dude who's on the ground over there, who's the only yeah. one who took took one for the team in this thing. And they just the Yeah. Listen, <laughs> if you like the movie for its leanness, you can't fault it for being lean. Oh, come on, you gotta say something though. One of your dudes is not coming home with you. <laughs> and he happens to be the main student of the teacher who taught you guys how to get revenge. He also happened to get himself dipshitted because he went in to avenge you guys for being crippled in the first place. And your repayment is you're going to step over him. <laughs> he don't even bury the dude. That was harsh. I, I remember that. The two things I remember most were the henchmen going, we're not going to eat. I thought, I thought we came here to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 at the end when they just they just they just raw dug my boy on the on the face down on the ground wearing pristine white bleeding all over the place because apparently the the guy was mecha godzilla he had things that fired up that he didn't use until the last minute until he I was kept losing for him to come out <laughs> and hit somebody and he only wasted them on the one guy i'm like why aren't you shooting guys all over the place with those things <laughs> But uh, that was those were the only those were the only things that went, made me will go. Um, hmm. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. So I enjoyed it. I found a way to enjoy it. <laughs> what? Uh, you guys may be looking a little bit too deep into this film. Okay. <laughs> I think I think there's just some plot oversights here that you're finding charming, but we're really just <laughs> badly plotted things. You know, I don't, I don't think so, but okay. <laughs> I mean, all right. The guy can't hear, so he's got to have the mirrors around him, and you know that's as bad as like in Jimkata when he goes into the forest and there's a stone pommel horse there, so he can use that to kick the bad guy's ass. Okay, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we are at that level of, of. Uh... <laughs> I get it. Okay, I get. It. I mean, the most interesting thing in this movie was when the guy, when they made the guy deaf, and then <laughs> they turned the sound off so you could feel what it would be like for him to be deaf. But the point of view switched like twice or three times, so like he's walking and we're still deaf, and I'm just like, 
okay, I, you know, it, it's, I get, I don't know if you're doing that on purpose or not, but it's kind of funny, but you probably weren't doing it on purpose. I don't know. Eh. Um, I think you're looking too deeply into this movie, not us. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, well, that's because I was forced to watch it and review it. So. <laughs> But, um, you know, this is, I compare this to like, okay, you go up to a friend and, and you're like, hey, what kind of music do you listen to? And they're <laughs> like, oh, um, death metal from Norway that you listen to in, in the sun, while the sun's going down while you're wearing a black robe. Okay. And you're just like, oh, okay, well, uh, I guess I'll try listening to it. But it's such a deep genre liking of something that you, you know, it, me, me not appreciating it is not, I, I shouldn't be one to review it. I mean, at times I found it kind of funny and entertaining, but it was almost like watching Big Trouble in Little China as far as the entertainment value to me. So I just, I don't feel like I should review it or even offer my opinion on it because it's, it's just, this is for, this movie means a lot to Jerry and the people who, you know, like he said, they're, th these were his superheroes growing up and that's, that's what matters. And the slights on the film, the effects or the, the quickness and how, you know, how fast these films had to be made. I mean, that they just don't, they just don't matter in context for why you would like this film. I, I mean, I, I wasn't that, entertain but i can see why someone would be especially at a certain age so i guess i appreciate what these guys did and you know at, at times it felt like i was watching a movie that was kind of made like like the movies i made when i was a kid we just got a bunch of friends together and we came up with a plot and we went and filmed it and there's a few clever things in it and you got what you got because you made it in one day so I can appreciate that and you know the some of the fighting and kung fu stuff is you know pretty pretty cool in it so in your movie did the heroes walk over their friend at the end when just before you roll the credits on them? oh yeah they walk right over <laughs> of course that's I was a pretty an standard android. plot device <laughs> actually you know what that's a good comparison i was an android these guys are basically androids in this film, in a sense. I mean, they they have android parts, and you know, uh, their legs are chopped off, and they have a this, or their arms are chopped off. So, you know, it's it's basically um, kung fu bionic man, or whatever you want to call it. But um, you know, especially it, the son who could fire things out of his hands. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, you know, when I saw that in ancient like, China. <laughs> He's got hydraulics and com and compression in ancient China, which they looks. Had, they I'm had, not. They had springs. I'm not mocking it. I'm not mocking it. I'm genuinely. That's <laughs> genuinely that shit tickles me to death. But I mean, there's create there's creativity in this, so it's hard to fault things with where you see lots of creativity and maybe it's not executed that well or something. But it's. You know, they're they're it's not a it's not like a throwaway movie just made to make money that's badly put together. And that's there's a dividing line there and what you're is saying awesome. is is generally this movie is not your cup of tea. Yeah, it's similar to Big Trouble in Little Well, Big Trouble in Little China is not my cup of tea, but that's a, a director who's some of his stuff I, I do like. So these are these guys I've never seen any of their stuff, so I probably wouldn't seek out other things, but I'm glad I got to see this. 
Uh, so I can say I've seen the Shaw Brothers movie and and have you, have I, you never seen any of the old any of these old films before? No, none of them. Wow. Oh, okay. I, I this was the first one, and that was. Uh, I mean, maybe I saw it in passing somewhere, but I don't. I certainly don't remember it. So right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's how did how did Amaya find it? Uh, she thought this one was more. She didn't laugh as much. She thought it was. I mean. She had a problem with like the some guy gets his legs chopped off and then he's standing in a hole. Like she just looked, gave me the look. Like yeah, I know it's <laughs> nineteen seventy eight. Give, give it a little bit of give it a little bit of leeway here, okay? And, uh, um, I love that, at the beginning when they when they cut the they cut the mom in half and then they, they yeah, just yeah, like oh, yeah. it's just like swipe and then the two, <laughs> the kids' arms are gone. You're like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's like I've it seen those like, swords yeah. up. I've seen those swords up close. Those aren't that sharp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's like they're just ruthless with the concepts, but then the execution is like, oh, there go the legs. So it kind of <laughs> yeah. turns. Yeah, it, I, it, it turns into the Black Knight. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird balance, but I mean, you know, I, I, I get it, and I get why someone would have an affinity for these films, and. Uh, I think that's the best thing to say is the people that enjoy these films are, you know, that it's important to them. And that's one of the main points we bring on, up on this show a lot. So That's very true. Well that's said. very true. So there you go. Crippled Avengers, a.k.a. Return of the uh, Deadly Venoms, sort of. <laughs> In spite of Latham. Listen, anyone who's never seen a Shaw Brothers film should at least sit down and watch at least one. I mean, they're, they're, the, that they style. Take Jerry's advice and watch the Chinese uh, version. Don't watch the, don't watch the bad Australian accent. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, no, I mean, it's one of those things that's so, so referenced in American pop culture that I think it's something that if you, if you really have no context for it, you should at least watch one, you know, start to finish and see a whole film, you know, just as part of your, you know, I don't want to say education, but just for your own edutainment, if you will. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of genres you should, you should try out. And I, I agree. I agree. But I just think that, I think that, I think that these, these, the, the Shaw brothers catalog and especially is like I said, integrated so so much into american pop culture i think that it's important to know or at least experience at least one you know i i get like i get lay i it's not your cup of tea or not your not your thing that's fine everyone's got movies they do either do or don't want to watch that's that's 100 percent okay i just think that these films they 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 are important from my my personal perspective uh they're an important part of world cinema clearly uh and i think that you know there's a lot of entertainment to be had with them uh regardless uh you know it's fun to it's it's fun just to sit i mean it's like watching michael bay films that you can just sit and watch them and enjoy them for what they are i mean this is like these are like the ultimate popcorn films for me you know i can i can just sit down with a big bowl of popcorn and just watch I can watch six hours of these, just watch one after another, and they're fun just to watch. You know, they're, they're, they're entertaining. You know, they do exactly for me what I want a movie to do, and that's entertain me. That's all I ask of a film at the end of the day is, you know, entertain me. You know, and if you can't do that, at least have some redeeming quality to you. But I, 
I'm entertained by these. So I, I never have a problem watching uh, Shaw Brothers stuff. So there you go. I just really wish that uh, Tian Nan T would have bought his guys some food at the restaurant. That was really <laughs> fucking <funny>. Wow. <laughs> was really there, there are just some things you need to let go. He made them go all the way up to the to the uh, special to special balcony, and then he then they broke out two minutes after they got well, there. Maybe he got takeout, Hassan. You know, maybe it's on its way. Didn't didn't look like it. You don't bring your entourage to get takeout. I'm sorry, but I right, I'll drop. I'll leave it there. So I think. <laughs> and again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's it's a series of tubes. So in the in the crippled Avengers posters, uh, I did include some, and obviously I had collected these before I saw the film. I collected some Five Deadly Venom stuff as well, simply because obviously I didn't know that the two weren't actually connected until I watched them. So um, there's a little bit of mixing here, but we start off with three uh, Chinese posters for crippled Avengers. Uh, I like the little icons above them with uh, showing the the styles and all that. I thought that, that was funny in the movie where, like, in, in Five Deadly Venoms, where they they show. I know you two guys didn't watch well, Hassan, you'd seen it, but I know Latham didn't watch it. But where it's like he throws the rubber centipede in the room before he shows up, and he's like, like the centipede is coming, <laughs> <laughs> announcing himself. Uh, so next is a Thailand poster. For uh, five deadly venoms, yeah, that's and, colorful. And Jerry, I, I have to say, uh, I am I'm a little bit embarrassed by the fact that it was only today did I realize uh, that the logo for Epic Proportions is uh, so clearly sourced from the Shaw Brothers <laughs> logo. I, I I apologize greatly that I never ever realized that. No, so. I mean, you know, only a few people know, and it's pretty cool when they do know. You know, we we get to talk about it. <laughs> So next is uh, uh, a Ganian poster for uh, Crippled Avengers. Yeah, I mean, all these posters are kind of uninspired, you know. They're, they're not bad. It's just uh, uh, they're just kind of whipping it together. Well, they're the regular release stuff. Yeah, yeah. they're just, I mean, uh, the poster industry, I mean, this. so then I had two pieces by uh, a guy named Aaron Anderson, goes by the name of Legendary Weapons L.A., uh, and he did two pieces. He did a Five Deadly Venoms, and he also did a Crippled Avengers piece, which is follows this one, hmm. which which worked nicely together. Yeah, they, they tell a nice little story together. Again with the orange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next is a piece by Bill Wood. This is awesome. Yeah, I like this. This is fun. Nice and simple, oh, but uh, you're killing me with the next one. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. So next we have, oh, next we have a piece by Jerry Ma. This is so Isn't that interesting. This is terrible. <laughs> this is so. <laughs> well, I mean, it sets the table for the piece after this one, <laughs> which is the updated version yeah. by Jerry Ma. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I like. I mean, whenever I have whenever I have people on who have done and it just works out that they've done a piece for the for the movie. I did the same thing to uh, to Dan as well with, uh, when he was on with us. Yeah, to me, well, this is from the Five Deadly Venoms and Snake. Yeah, to me, he was the coolest. He's like the pimp of the group, you know. 
Oh yeah, yeah. When they come oh, in, he's sitting in the chair, shirt open. He, he's never wears the silver beads around his neck anytime except for that scene. And what yeah. I think is funny is he's like the least ripped one out of the five. Yeah, you know, but he's the one with the open chest there. I love his mojo, you know. And then he's also the one who he's the guy who wasn't in uh, Crippled Avengers. Yeah, correct. Uh, yeah, he it, was not in it. They had uh, uh, what was his name? Pai Wei. Yeah. Oh. I only know Toad's name, which is Lo Mang. <laughs> oh, right, right. He's, he's the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next is a digitally painted uh, poster by Lance Pilgrim. That's, I like that one that's, yeah. Lance is my it's got, boy. It's got that, yeah, it's got that classic, uh, that classic, you know, uh, yeah. 60s poster illustration feel to it, so which is nice. And then there's a series of uh, five individual posters I found uh, for the individual characters from Five Deadly Venoms by R.P. O'Brien that were, uh, were kind of cool. And I happened to find all five of them, so they're all here in order. Yeah, this guy goes by the name of Kung Fu Bob, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. He does a lot of uh, martial arts illustrated posters. Oh, like cool. All right. Yeah, he's very talented. And Bob, Bob's not fucking around with these Posters. No. <laughs> so uh, while I was watching Five Deadly Venoms, and before they had, before they had shown who Scorpion was, while I was watching the movie, I'm like, "Fuck, who is it?" So I I jumped over and I opened up the Scorpion poster, and I'm like, "Wait, which guy is this?" Because <laughs> they do a really good job of disguising him, even once they reveal who it is. I'm like, "That's great." Uh, next to the lizard, I like like the fact that he stuck him on the side, sitting out that that was fitting, and you know also kind of alludes to the whole the lizard thing. And then uh, lastly, we have uh, the toad. He's the man. <laughs> He's <laughs> the kid with the golden arms. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm, I'm looking. For, I tell you, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so that is the posters for crippled avengers um so yeah so uh you got uh, you got anything you want to uh anything you want to plug jerry uh, anything you wish to declare <laughs> yeah you have a benediction my son i mean you know uh, i just came here just to hang out with you guys and talk you know shoot the shit over some films but uh... oh, i mean the 30 <laughs> or 40 people to listen to the show i mean you might as well you know grab their ears while you got them uh, you know, uh, well, I'm working on this Monkey King comic. I'm hoping to get it done. It's a Monkey King. Is- whoa, 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 whoa! No Monkey Kings. <laughs> yeah, like- <laughs> okay. Are you? Uh, are you? Gonna, are you going to kickstart it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm hoping to do that like in February or something. Okay. I cut you off. Please uh, elaborate because you only slightly explained it. So well, before Monkey King is an old mythical uh, Chinese character. He's basically the Chinese Spider-Man. Uh, right. I have a statue of the Monkey King here yeah. somewhere. So and my friend re- got me from when he went to China. So yeah. I know a little bit about it. The Monkey King is a free property. So it's like kind of like Thor. Anyone can can take it. But And it's been rebooted, I think, at least once a year. But every year they reboot it and it just gets, they, they try to make it more action oriented, more violent. And the truth is the Monkey King story, it's the, it's the journey to the West. It's for the discovery of Buddhism. So it's completely the exact opposite of what the, the story is. Right. 
yeah. about finding they gotta, things. They got to learn. Yeah, they got to learn to fight less and less yeah, as so opposed to more and more. I'm trying. To, I'm, I'm rebooting the story. I'm putting it in uh, Chinatown, New York, and they're going to travel to California to uh, oh. for for Buddhism. But there, it's it's. I'm doing more of a comedy thing, so there will be action, but not. It's not going to revolve around like kung fu or anything like that. Uh, How many pages are you shooting for? I think it's. I think I'm, gonna, I'm right now. Uh, I'm coloring page twenty twenty two. Um, I'm going to be shooting for about. I think it's going to be end up about sixty four pages, something like that. Okay. Uh, uh, so it's and, not, cer- and certainly and certainly don't forget epicprops.com. Oh yes, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> For uh, for some really really cool shirts and uh, prints and stickers and the whole nine, but uh, Jerry's got a lot of his original art up there, uh, or not his original art, but like his artwork on stuff, uh, and he does a lot of uh, a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, Jerry Jerry's uh, always involved in our projects, and uh, or at least up till now he he always has been, and uh, he's obviously always welcome. But uh, listen, thanks, Jerry. I appreciate your appreciate take, c- taking a couple hours to uh, to hang out with us. Oh, this is awesome. This is a lot of fun, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Jerry. Thanks for being on. Yeah. Thanks for the films. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for re for re equating me with the Shaw brothers, and then also inadvertently letting me know that their you know, almost their entire cal- calendar is on uh, Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Which is which is good news. And bad news. Yes, right. Because that's going to waste a lot of my time. <laughs> okay. All right. So thanks to FesleyandMusic.com. Please check out our website at CinementalPod.com for all the poster images we discuss on our Down the Tube segments. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can always listen to new episodes weekly at CinementalPod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at CinementalPod. For Hassan Godwin, Latham Conger III, myself, and Jerry Ma, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and fellow Kung Fu enthusiast, enthusiast, (laughs) Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. All right. Awesome. Now, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate that. No, that was great. Seriously, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> that's, you know, listen, I mean, honestly, that's, that's that's all. I mean, listen, that's how this whole thing started. It was just us looking for a, a diversion. And to be 100% honest, this started because I was a guest on uh, another podcast. And I felt, you know, I was invited on to do a thing to talk about a movie. They had me on and I spent three or four hours doing all this research. I had like three pages of notes. I had all this stuff set up. And I think we discussed the movie for what, Hassan? Maybe twenty-two minutes, if that. <laughs> I don't. I don't even think it was that long. Yeah, I and I just, I was just like, "Well, what? I'm like, what the he fuck was, are you bother talking he, about a movie for?" What do you guys? What do you guys think what, of the Hatchet movie series? The Adam Green Hatchet films? Yeah. Uh, I've seen. I know I've seen the first one. I'm not sure if I've seen two and three. I, I enjoyed the first one. I thought it was over the top gory. Um, my and uh, Harry, he's the the Asian guy in those movies. He dies every single <laughs> Really? Time. He keeps coming back. Uh, yeah. He's like one of my closest friends. If you guys want him on, I, I'm sure I can, you know, convince him to. Uh, to if, uh, all right. You know what? You I'll, guys start I'll, doing I'll... You know, horror films, you know? like. Well, we spent the entire month of October doing horror films, actually. Oh. We, I, I changed the name of the show to Scaramental and, uh, for the whole month of October because Latham and Hassan uh, are not big horror guys. 
Got it. So it's like it was an opportunity for me to 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 force them to watch a bunch of crazy horror films that they never would watch normally. So to make uh, us crazy about every now, sound that I hear in my house now. Now now I couldn't I couldn't be lucky enough to actually pick the films to make them watch. Obviously the guests did that. They were just given the outline of uh, pick horror films for October, but uh, but we still got to watch some good ones. So you know I wasn't afraid of it. I didn't get scared by it, but. Of all the movies I saw, the the premise of It Follows is the one that that gets me the most. Like just that every now and then makes me just look over my shoulder because <laughs> it's a fucked up premise, you know. And it's uh, I think the thing I think that is the worst about it is that no one can see it except you. For you, right? Yeah, so you don't even get the solidarity of. You know, even of having your friends, you just look like a lunatic running around from a naked old lady in a in a in a bathrobe who right. wants to kill you. It looks like your grandma and wants to kill you for some reason. Well, that's <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing too. You just have to hope that whatever whatever appearance it chooses to make it at a given time is something that would be so beyond the pale that if everyone else could see it, someone else would be reacting. Yeah. You know, it it's not just out. a girl walking towards you in a white parka. You know, and then you're just like, well, that's totally normal. And then she gets up there and then next thing you know, your legs bent back and stuck up your ass. Yeah. So. Have you seen it, Jerry? Oh, this movie. No, I have not seen that movie. It? It, it follows? I've only seen uh, it the first one. I'm assuming it follows is the second movie? No, it follows is just the, the movie. Yeah, it's, it's all by itself. Yeah, it was uh, It's from a couple of years ago. Uh, really interesting director, uh, really, really neat film and really cool idea, really cool concept. So I, I, I definitely would highly recommend watching it. Yeah. I, mean, I literally watch like three, four movies a day as I'm working. So like, I've right. through like Game of Thrones, all eight seasons in like two or three days. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, and I, and I, and I won't admit this to, I mean, this will never end up on the air obviously, but I'll, and I only admit this to these guys just because I'm willing to take my lumps where they're deserved. But, uh, we just spent the last, uh, Deirdre and I, cause her office is in the hall, in the, in the bedroom right across the hall from me. So I can have the TV on in my office and she can sort of turn around and see it from her office and can hear it as well. But um, we just spent the last six weeks watching 30 seasons of The Amazing Race. <laughs> that's, the one, that, that's the one reality show that has some credibility because there's a competition that's actually happening. 30 goddamn seasons. <laughs> that's better than 30 seasons of The Housewives or wherever the fuck. I have a friend. Oh yeah, well I mean, and, huh? One of my friends was on that show. Oh really? Kev Jumba. He was the guy, the, the Chinese guy with his dad. Oh okay. He's a YouTube star. He was one of the first YouTube stars. Oh my god. <laughs> Kev Jumba, that's funny. Yeah, I so yeah, so we're done with that, and we're like, it's it's, but you know, it's hard to do. It's hard to find. It's hard to find TV that I want to watch, but that I can throw on as background noise because most of the stuff I want to watch, I actually want to watch it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I go on a search for, for a film and TV that I don't necessarily care about watching. Right. That makes sense. 
right. But, yet, but yet it's still interesting, which is why I almost I always almost always end up with like some sort of documentary series or like, you know, yeah. like I, I just went through like the, the two seasons of Unknown Mysteries on, on Netflix, you know, just because. I went through seven seasons of Alone. <laughs> oh, you know, all right. I love that show Alone. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. There's a, there's a Unsolved good. Unsolved uh, Mysteries proves how fucked up everything is because. I've watched so much true crime and one of the motifs of true crime is that at least at the end of the, of the episode, they tell you the result of what happened, whether the person was caught or right. was killed or somehow. And Unsolved Mysteries is like, nah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> if you have any information, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is so horrible. I'm like, where's the entertainment value in this? Yeah. I don't, I don't get my satisfaction. <laughs> there is, there is 12 episodes with no Dano Ma at all. Yeah. It's like you have no wrap up and you're just like, fuck. If you know who killed Sarah, run. Yeah, <laughs> you you clearly have no doubt. <laughs> Guys, I got to uh, I got to get back to I have to start yeah. working now. Jeez. <laughs> All right, buddy. Don't uh, don't yeah. kill yourself. It was great seeing you. Yeah, it's great seeing uh, you. and uh, and we'll talk soon. Cool. All right. Hey guys, thanks for uh, having me. It was great meeting. Right. You. No problem. Thank you.